I want to be an astronaut when I grow up. I want to be an artist and a doctor once I grow up. I want to be a ballerina, a pilot. I want to be a basketball player. I got to be a policeman. The police officer gets a bad guy. I want to be a teacher when I grow up. I'm going to be a fireman. I am going to be a ballerina when I grow up. When I grow up, I'm going to be a singer because I love to sing and I've been singing since I was like three. I want to be a teacher when I grow up. I want to be a green biologist. I want to be a hockey player when I grow up. Yes, I want to be a video game designer. I have a hockey video game, two of them. When I grow up, I want to be a baseball player or an ice cream man. Cool, huh? I keep telling my mom when I grow up I want to be a dog. Earliest memory of what I wanted to be was a medical doctor. And I have really clear picture memory of being given a book of the history of medicine through uh, the centuries. And uh, I, I think I sat with that book every evening for years, but maybe it wasn't that long. The second thing I remember wanting to be was a pilot, uh, my dear friend uh, Adrian. And uh, I got, at some Christmas, I got given a set of pajamas that were a pilot outfit with a hat and the, the little bars and all that. It was very, very cool. When I was maybe elementary school age, um, we had a missionary come to our church and they brought with them a blow dart and a dart. And, and from somewhere in the audience, they shot this dart up into the ceiling and they left it there. And every time we came into church, we could see that dart over the head of the senior pastor. And that really moved me. And uh, I wanted to be a missionary. And then, of course, I finally decided, well, I'll just combine them all and I'll be a missionary helicopter doctor. And there is such a thing. It's called Missionary Aviation Fellowship and uh, a great ministry. And they, they, they have a couple of helicopters now that are, are working with them. You know, my wife Clara was a bit more inventive than I. When she grew up, she wanted to be a fire engine. And I'm pretty glad that she didn't grow up to be that. So just for fun, turn to somebody near you and tell them one thing that you wanted to be when you grew up. Come on, some of you are not even moved to where somebody is. Okay, now here's, here's the real question. Did anybody grow up to become what it was that they wanted to be? Is there anyone here? Okay, Joy, what was it? Oh, to be a mom. Okay, how about a career-wise? I mean, that's a career. I'm good. That's, I get it. Promise. <laughs> Never mind. I just sunk the ship. Have you ever noticed, though, that when we speak of what we want to be, that the most of us describe a kind of career or job that we think that we would like to have? 
The trouble is who we be very often does different kinds of work over our lifetimes, right? One of the jobs I had uh, when I was uh, going through seminary was I was a truck driver and I delivered produce. Later, um, when we moved to Phoenix, Arizona, having driven trucks, I became a truck driver and delivered topsoil, sand and, and rock. Uh, there was a time where I was uh, a bus driver and I drove kids places that they needed to go. Uh, Claire and I uh, were apartment managers a couple of times, and I was a maintenance man in uh, those apartment complexes. Uh, there was uh, numerous years where I was a youth and uh, young family minister and helped people to know and follow God. Uh, since about 86, I've been a bookkeeper, and I did you know, accounting kinds of things for a variety of different companies. Uh, of course, along the way, I was a, a student, and I studied, and I gained knowledge, and I was a husband and a father, and I did husband and father kinds of things. And I also have been a follower of Jesus, and I've tried to become like him. So, who was I? Was I merely those roles doing various tasks and jobs? And a question maybe that's more relevant for me and, and worth some investigation is who am I now? And what is my purpose now in life? Or for you? Who are you? And what is your purpose in life? Some of you are on the younger side. You're still kind of looking ahead. Some of us are kind of a little bit further along and trying to understand exactly how this is going to work out. This week we're starting a new series on the book of Ephesians. And the book of Ephesians opens identifying both the author and the audience. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Some believe that this letter was intended to have been circulated throughout numerous of the churches in Asia Minor. Paul references in this letter uh, at one point as if he almost doesn't know the people. And that's where that wonder that this was a general letter because Paul spent three years in Ephesus during one of his journeys, a missionary journeys, and had a lot of relationship with the church and the people there. So he would have been very familiar with the audience there at Ephesus as well as throughout Asia Minor as the letter would go. And many would have been very familiar with him, but many not. Being a Christian in that Roman Greco world would have been very, very difficult. And in this letter, Paul is offering direction. He's offering understanding, some teaching and training to his readers about the Christian faith, who they are, and how to live as a follower of Jesus. This morning we're going to be looking at chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. But before we head there, let's pray. Jesus, you were the great teacher and still are. And we desperately need to learn from you how to live. 
And you have provided to us the Holy Spirit to live with us, to teach us, to train us, to show us the truth. And as we spend these weeks looking at these ideas and themes that Paul has provided to us in this letter, might we, in very, very new ways, learn to connect with you, to hear your voice, to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, This fall, I'm going to be leading a community group that's called Reading God's Word for Personal Transformation. It's very uh, common, I think, for those who grew up in the church or for those who've been a Christian for a long time to not read the Bible very much. Usually, most Christians have a time early on in their faith when they read the Bible quite a bit, sometimes perhaps reading it through multiple times. But over the years, reading the Bible becomes sporadic for some, maybe even non-existent. There's a sense in which the Bible is familiar. We know the main stories. We generally know the teaching of the Bible. And if someone might pick up the Bible, perhaps they might just seem not to get anything out of it. It's familiar or boring or hard to understand or it seems irrelevant. All the while, there's this sense of duty or guilt that we should be reading it. But what if there was a way to read the Bible where you got something out of it? Where it felt meaningful, helpful. Maybe you even sensed God speaking to you through the Bible. I know that there are varieties of experiences that we have with the Word of God in this room. Uh, Some struggle, as I've described. Others are experiencing Uh, tremendous joy in it. For a couple of decades, I've been reading the Bible in a way that all of those things happen for me almost every time. I get something out of it. It's meaningful. It's helpful. And I hear God's voice speaking to me through it. And this means a method, a way to read the scriptures is, is called Lexio Divina. And it means from the Latin divine reading. And this way to read the Bible was shared and illustrated to us a few times during this last spring when we were teaching through uh, a series called More. And this morning, as a part of our time, I I want to lead us through uh, the use and exercise of reading the Bible with the text from Ephesians 1 going to take some time. If somebody could pass out those clipboards. You know, I could stand up here and uh, tell you all kinds of things about the book of Ephesians, and I, I may share a few things. But first, I want to give each of you an opportunity to read and experience the text. And I'm going to lead us through an exercise. You're getting a clipboard with a pen. 
You're getting a handout on it. Everybody got one yet? No, we're missing the center section. Thank you, gals, for helping with that. What I'm going to share with you and what this um, exercise shows you is is very much the same that Clara showed us uh, last spring on one of the occasions. Uh, Here I've I've written out the text from this morning from the new RSV, uh, the, the primary study Bible that I work from. The Message Bible is a wonderful way to read scripture for freshness and newness if you do have trouble sometimes reading the scriptures. Essentially, there's um, a a model here described, there's a template here, where it includes the first step of getting ready, of quieting ourselves, becoming aware of our desire to meet with God. That can take a moment or two. If you were doing this on your own at home, in the morning or in the evening or at lunchtime, um, it's a good step to just sort of pause. And we've got all kinds of things happening in our lives and just sort of quiet ourselves down. And then read a text. And I might suggest to you that this amount of text is probably too long in this model. Um, a paragraph often is, is very adequate. Um, after you've used it for a while and become more familiar with it, sometimes even a sentence can be of meaning. Scripture is one of the m- most significant things that we use this tool for, but it actually can be used other, other tools. I, I read a lot of books about a personal life and spiritual life and um, I will occasionally have a quote from one of those books that is just like mouth dropping for me and it's meaningful about who God is or my life with God and I will sometimes use this model and I'll take that quote and I'll follow what we're going to describe here. Sometimes there's the opportunity to read it through a first time just generally and then second time through more slowly. And I'm in a minute, when we get there, I'm going to encourage you the second time through as we read it, uh, as I read it to you, that perhaps you would circle or underline. Uh, I use highlighters uh, a lot to help me. Uh, and I'm, I'm praying and I'm looking in that step of, of something that's standing out to me, something that is being highlighted to me, I believe, by the Holy Spirit, by God. Sometimes it's out from our own thoughtfulness. We're not looking to really understand the whole passage. We're looking to encounter God in his word, to encounter his word, to encounter him. There's uh, numerous questions in the reflection section that follows that time. Um, One of the things that I have found really, really important as a part of this is writing or typing. I do mine on a computer. That works well for me. I can read it afterwards. That's really helpful. And I do read through them. And periodically, I will go back over a season of time, a week or two or a month, sometimes a whole year, and I'll I'll read through some of these journals that I have written out. And for me, I struggle to do this just sort of extemporaneously in the air. Uh, to read a passage and and then sort of reflect on it and think and and, and 
I just get, I get lost. I start thinking about work and I start thinking about all the things that I need to do at the house and all those things. The exercise, the, the um, process of, of writing uses a portion of our brain that helps us to stay with it, sort of focused on it. And so this morning, I'm going to invite you as we do this, these steps to write it down. Don't, don't just reflect. Use your pen. Use the paper. Just, just, I'm, I'm the teacher this morning. And you're just, just follow my lead. And, uh, and there's numerous questions. What caught my attention? What, what, why did those words stand out, those phrases? What, why that? And you write about that. Why? What do you think? What comes to your mind? Uh, what feelings are stirred? We, we're called to love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Our body, our mind, our emotions, our imagination. And sometimes we're leery of both feelings and imagination, and yet, why are those areas any different from the opportunity for God to redeem them? We are emotive people. God is an emotive God. And we should pay attention, learn to see, recognize what's happening, what are we feeling? Why are those words or phrases meaningful? What thoughts or feelings are you having about God? What is that? How, is, how are those words connecting you with who He is and what He might want to be saying to you? And that last step in the reflection is actually to ask God, what are you wanting me to see? Asking to hear God speak to us in our mind, It will sound like our own voice, but as we use this tool and tools of getting to know God, we can begin to trust that the things we hear in a time like this that's set aside for God is not Scripture, but they can be meaningful things that God will say to us in a time and in a moment. And for years, I struggled with this idea that, that I'm hearing God. I'm writing out or I'm typing out these, these sentences. And the one thing that led me was that he was too nice. He was too loving and kind. He didn't beat me up and, you know, and uh, condemn me all the time. And I figured, well, that can't be God. Or maybe it can be. And then secondly, I would show it to Clara and say, Clara, what do you think? I, this is what I heard this morning. And she, most of the time, would say, that sounds like God. It sounds like what he's told us in his word. So those are the steps, the aspects we're going to incorporate this morning. We're just going to kind of work through them. I just do want to recognize on the back are some additional aspects to this process that you could use on your own, at home. The top one is respond. And the idea here is for you to journal out what, what is my response? What, what do I feel like um, God is saying? Writing, what, what is my heart saying? What is my, how am I feeling about these words, this text? And then in this step, I write it as a prayer. I don't write it as a journal of my personal reflections. I write it in the person of praying to God. God, when I read that word about that in love, you destined us to be your kids, I was undone. 
that's how we write that. We, we speak to God. We tell God what's in our heart and minds. And then this, this next step can be the last as you're, as you're new with this model. It's to rest. And to just be with God, to be with God, with those words that He's given you, to be quiet, to be still in His presence. But as you grow, if you find this tool to be helpful, it can be helpful to move on to a step called resolve. And you can read about that one, but it's the idea of, okay, God, what, what are you asking of me? What, what, what is a response? What, what can I do to actually incorporate this idea into my life? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read the passage. We have it there on the screen. You have it in front of you. I have it in front of me. And I'm just going to read it through slowly the first time. And I'd like you not to write. I'd like you not to underline. And like you to, you can read along. I'm a visual reader. It struggles for me to hear audible all by itself. I find it more helpful to have the text that I can read along. So just listen along and just hear the general idea of what Paul is saying here. And if we get no further than this scripture and doing this, real honestly, not like normal church, but I think it could be church. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven. Just as He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ according to His kind intention according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace that He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness for our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace that He lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, He has made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His kind intention, that He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to bring together all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to His purpose who works all things according to His counsel and will, so that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ would be for the praise of His glory. In Christ you also, after listening to the message of truth, the good news of your salvation, having believed, were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own people 
to the praise of His glory. Now I'm going to read it through one more time. And this time, I'd like you prayerfully to consider what, what words are standing out to you. What, what phrase seems meaningful? What's, what's highlighted for you? And mark that so. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love He destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ according to the kind intention of His will to the praise of His glorious grace that He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace that He lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, He has made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His kind intention that He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to bring together all things in Christ things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to His purpose, who works all things according to His counsel and will, so that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ would be for the praise of His glory. In Christ you also after listening to the message of the truth, the good news of your salvation, having believed, were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own people, to the praise of His glory. Take a moment, if you haven't, and and highlight, underline, circle the word or phrase that stood out to you. And then, if you would, write that phrase down in the section right below that next bolded part. Read through the passage, then write those words and phrases here. Go ahead and follow the exercise and write down the phrase, the words that stood out to you there.
And now I'm going to lead us through the reflection questions. Sometimes we've got to figure out what that is. <laughs> and I'm just going to read the question and invite you to consider and to write down an answer. Uh, write down your thoughts, your feelings about what that question is. Consider and think about what you've read and what you're feeling. What caught your attention about those words or phrases? Why did they stand out to you? Moving on to the second one, what feelings are stirred in your heart by those words or phrases? Why are those words or phrases meaningful?
What thoughts and feelings are you having about God from this reading? From this phrase or words? What thoughts and feelings about God are you having? I know I'm rushing you through this and would encourage you to perhaps even go back to this at another time this week. Do it again. See what the Father might be highlighting that time. Ask God, what is He wanting you to see, to hear, or get from this reading? Invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. God, what do you want to say to me? Holy Spirit, we trust you. Jesus, we trust you. Father, we trust you to love us and not lead us into temptation. So come, speak to your people. What would you say to us, O God? that was meaningful, helpful. In my community group, we'll be talking more about that. We'll be practicing it more. We'll be helping one another. I just want to close with a comment. David, can you get to page six in the notes, who am I and what is my purpose? Just skip everything else. The passage there from Ephesians 1, 3-4. The crux of, of these verses for me is, are, are um, 
these verses, and it isn't 3 through 14, that's a mistake. It's actually, um, I think it's just 11 and 12. Excuse me for that. In this passage, there are an amazing amount of clarifications of God's provision to us. Right? Just in love, He destined us to be kids. He's given us every spiritual blessing. In Christ, we've received redemption. I mean, it's just, this passage is just full of about 14 statements of what God has done for us. And there's three statements in it that we're responsible for. Listen. I sent my notes. What's the second one? Listen, um, respond, and be. In Christ we have been destined according to his purpose who works all things according to his counsel and will so that we who are the first to set our hope on Christ would be for the praise of his glory. Many translations say would live for the praise of his glory, but the word lives not there. It is the now, it is the verb to be. And that's significant in my opinion. We are to exist. Our purpose, our calling, our destiny is to be for the praise of God's glory. In the message translation, David at the top of seven, probably a couple of slides later, I love the message translation a lot. You get there? Keep going. Keep going. There we go. Message translation says that the heart of this, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Who are we? What's our purpose? What's our reason for existence? I'm going to close us in prayer. And would invite you to uh, consider using this uh, model, this tool, um, in future times. We're going to be working our way through the book of Ephesians over the next 10 weeks or so. And we're going to be using, doing just about half a chapter each week with a different person teaching, bringing this. I would encourage you to spend the next week doing the rest of chapter one as a personal time with God. You might just spend time, just each day, read that section again, and then Clara will be presenting next week from that next section of verses in chapter one of Ephesians. I'm just going to pray and um, close. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have given it to us. Might we rethink our patterns of life 
are expressions of involvement in your word. Everything we need. Everything we need to live our lives has been given to us through your Son. You have withheld nothing. Nothing that we need. Thank you. Holy Spirit, we need you to help us here. We need new ways, new applications, new commitments and priorities. If we're going to see things change in our lives. If we're going to grow in you, to grow in love. And now may the Holy Spirit God the Father and Jesus Christ fill you with all of their fullness. Might you be empowered to be for the praise of God's glory. To live in such a way that He receives all the glory. In Jesus' name. Thanks for hanging out. Hope that exercise was helpful. Um, not sure how, but I can. Uh, you can use this yourself. I could send it out somehow, or Clara could send it out as a, a model if you wanted it for the words. But you can handwrite it someplace and use it again. Be curious if any of you report back to me at some point in time how if this was helpful or not. So God be with you all. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.